0: I'm happy to introduce you to Dr. Lourdes Inares. She's a psychiatrist, also a child analyst, who has had many years of training in understanding child development. She not only has a private practice but she's a consultant to many schools and other organizations helping them work with children and understand children's emotional needs. I've asked Dr. Inares to speak with us today to help parents, teachers, and others who work with young children understand the best way to assist them during these times that are so uncertain and, in many cases, frightening for young children, here's Dr. Inares. Okay. So, Dr. Inares, um, my first question is: When children act upset, some sometimes we just want to say to them, "Don't worry, don't think about it." Mm-hmm. But what's your advice when you see that children are, are fearful? Let's say.
1: Uh, Trying to get to the cause, to the root cause of their behavior. Their behavior is being upset, but there must be a reason why they are upset. And uh, the way that the mind works is very fast, and it works at an unconscious level. So children really uh, may not be able to tell you why they are upset, but you could guess, you could uh, ask questions that... Uh, address some of the ideas that you may have about why they are upset. Uh, I think in the case of what uh, what is facing us now is that we know that um, many children are very afraid because other children are being mean to them. And uh, that is good enough reason for anybody to be upset. But when children do not have their own tools and depend on the grown-ups to help them, then there are several things that we can do. One of the things is remove as much as we can the stimulus that is making them afraid. Uh, Television, newspapers, radios, uh, social media, any of those things that they have access to that carry these kinds of scary messages uh, need to be controlled by the adults in their lives. Uh, We know that, uh, for instance, when when there is an issue that is traumatic for children, the best idea is to remove them from the cause of the trauma uh, rather than having them uh, repeating over and over and over either television scenes or looking at social media. So having a little bit of control by the adults in these children's lives uh, of the stimulus that is producing the fear would be one of the the things that we can do. The other thing that is super, super important is that the parents and the adults in the uh, lives of these children need to make sure that they can convey to the children that they will do and are doing anything and everything possible to keep them safe Uh, that is very helpful Uh, and uh, if the children ask what kinds of things are you doing you need to be very honest Uh, you need to say things like we are talking to the people that have the power to change things um, but as long as I am around I will make sure that you will be safe and if a child has a good or good enough relationship with the parent or with the adult the, ch- the children would feel safe and would relax and let go um, another thing is for the parents and the children to provide as, as if scenarios what if somebody comes and bullies you? What if somebody rides or pushes you and say, get out of my country? What if all those kinds of things need to be addressed and give them scenarios of how they can uh, react? The best idea would be for these children to have a resource of an adult that they can go to if somebody bullies them insults them, tries to humiliate them, tries to scare them, uh, incites hatred, to go to the people in power, It's like that. If it is in the neighborhood, it is the parents. And if it is in the space at large, I think government people should be responsible for making sure that that we convey to these children the message that we're doing everything we can to make them uh, safe. Uh, other things that we have tried uh, with great success is to have the children create books uh, with their own narratives their own stories Uh, they can do it with collages they can do it with drawings but uh, it can be an individual kind of uh, uh, project or it can be a group of children all of them going through the same issues and groups are much more stronger than single ones. So in any, any leadership position, you need to be a leader of a group. And if you form a group of equals, equals not only stature and age, but equals in many other ways, ways of thinking, equals of going through the same kind of uh, upsetting uh, moment, then uh, you know, the collective uh, uh, input of all these children is much more powerful. And in the books to have the reason of what is making them scared, what are they doing, what have they done in the past that may have helped them, and what is it that they can do in the next day. Uh, uh, The the children have immediacy of responses. Uh, They may not say, in a year, I am going to be doing this. So the idea would be, what would you do this afternoon? or within an hour, or tomorrow. And that is as far as you go. But the idea would be to have the children create um, possible solutions to the dilemmas. A part of the of the help that children need is for adults not to resolve everything for them, but to help them create their own tools to resolve some of the obstacles and the problems in life. So during this kind of exercise, um, you know, the children will be the ones that will be creating their own tools. And the adults can teach them, like the adults can teach them, how breathing, for instance, can relax, slow breathing, and that immediately triggers a change in the brain that disconnects with the fear that the amygdala is producing. And uh, if, if the children can do it alone, or if the children can do it in a group, Breathing is not something that uh, needs to stand out. It's something all of us do. The only thing is that in moments of stress and tension, you do it by yourself and very slowly. So that is a tool that the child can have and can resort to in moments of, of intense tension.
0: Thank you. Okay. Um, what if a group of junior high or high school students say, well, we, we want to take some action. We want to walk out of school. We want to demonstrate. Um, I think that happened here recently at the high school. How do you advise parents and teachers in a situation like that? Uh, you know, we, we need to pay attention to, to the
1: two groups, basically three groups. In, uh, in any situation like this, you have the perpetrator, uh, let's call it the bully, uh, the one that is attacking your self-esteem, your ideas, your principles. You have the victim, that is the recipient, and it can be a single person or can be a group. And then you have the bystanders. The bystanders is the largest group in in all kinds of situations. Um, When a group is organizing to uh, to protect themselves. They are making a statement, and it would be something that again the people in the position of power of protecting them in the schools, the principals, would have to be involved and pulled into this decision-making process. That is, adolescents are very different than. Uh, elementary school children or, or even preschoolers. So but you're talking about adolescents that have much more tools at their disposal than very young children. Adolescents can walk. Adolescents can hit. Adolescents can respond verbally with more uh, ego uh, and brain structure. But if they are going to do something um, in a group like hopefully they can include somebody that is in power that can represent them in the school this puts the the principals and the teachers in a difficult position uh, but again the teachers and the principals are not the, the people in most power they have somebody on top of them to also represent them so if need be you organize you organize with your equals, and you try to go to whoever has the authority and the competence to be of help. I don't know if that answers your question.
0: Yes, that's helpful. I can see it's a tricky situation. Very certainly. tricky
1: situation, yeah.
0: So in the case of our current situation, I would name the bully as our current government or our, or our upcoming uh, President Trump and the people who follow him they feel like the potential bullies in this situation. Would, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Now, I, I, I would be remiss if I don't say that
1: um, just pointing the finger is, is, is a way of uh, responding. I think understanding the bully is as important as understanding the victim. Uh, because you cannot establish a successful and productive dialogue just by accusations and prejudgments you need to have an understanding of what is it that this bully group is manifesting what is underneath the hatred and the accusations and the rejection and bullies are usually people that are very scared and they have a very different fear than their victims But fear is also underneath their behavior. And if you have two groups so seemingly opposite, but have something in common to connect them, that is
0: fear, I think that is the beginning of a very productive dialogue. So could children, let's say of a high school age, be part of a productive dialogue? What what lessons might they learn from the circumstances we're currently in?
1: Um, Well, I don't know if it's a lesson, but, but the idea would be do they have the capacity for empathy, for instance? And my hunch is that they must have the capacity for empathy because the children that are here that are children of immigrants or of different color skin, or different uh, backgrounds, cultural, or social, or religious, have gone through uh, a lot of problems in order to evolve, in order to feel safe. So they know how it feels, and they can, in, at that moment, use that uh, in order to communicate with, uh, with, the, with the scary group. Now. You, you have to understand how the brain uh, acts under these very powerful emotions. When the emotions are very powerful, we call it dysregulation. Either children are crying and they are sobbing and they cannot stop. or their children are screaming to them, throwing things. These two groups are dysregulated. Uh, so the idea would be, first of all, to try to count them. If the adults are dysregulated, they're going to be no good. If the adults are also experiencing a barrage of feelings and emotions, identifying with one group or the other, they are not going to be helpful. You need to have self regulation, soothing mechanisms, self soothing mechanisms. So um, I think that I forgot the original question, but uh, the the capacity to understand where the other is coming from is very important because then it gives you the capacity to respond in a more constructive way rather than just attacking, attack with attack no, you have to meet attack with reason, with areas in which you feel competent and that's another thing, you, you have to help the children and even the, the adolescents because that's where where we are talking right now, understand what are the the parts of their life and of their personality, what are the capacities in which they really feel competent. Some of them would say, uh, I am a helpful person in my house. I help my mother, I help my siblings. Some people say, I am a very good writer. Some people say, I do very well on television. So uh, the idea is to search and explore what are the areas in these children's lives that make them feel good, make them feel strong, and help them with that. When you attack and you put down and, uh, you know, I have parents that say, you know, the parents come to see me with complaints does not obey me, does not mind me, doesn't do the homework, Uh, he talks back. And and one of the things, tell me what he does good. What is it that he does that is wonderful? What is it that you enjoy? Because those are the areas that are going to help the parents and the child to get out from under a problem.
0: That does answer the question because originally I was looking at how adolescents can participate in dialogue and talking about having empathy uh, and the capacity to know their own strengths sound like two very important aspects of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to throw you a rather challenging <laughs> thing, and that is, can you, um, in this section, if Spanish-speaking parents whose English is not is not fluent but want to understand your main message. Could you give me some of these messages we've just talked about in Spanish?
1: Is it talking to
0: the parents? Claro que sí. Claro que sí. And I'm going to say something in English first,
1: and then I'll say it in Spanish. One of the strengths that all of us have, and again, this is a country of immigrants. I'm an immigrant myself. Um, Is to hold on to your sense of identity. Uh, of who you are, where do you come from that has made you who you are. So identity is very important. It's uh, it's very powerful
0: and uh, um, it, it, it can help a lot.